I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is BIPOC Credits, a show that shines a light on the Black, Indigenous, and people of color who work in the booming BC film industry with high hopes of creating a more diverse Hollywood North behind and in front of the camera. Want to learn about the people behind your favorite movies and TV shows? Keep listening. Want to learn how to survive and thrive in the film industry? Keep listening. Want to convince your parent or guardian to let you be a part of the film industry? Keep listening. Welcome to BIPOC Credits. Here's your host, Andy Wong. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much again for joining us on today's episode of BIPOC Credits. My name is Andy Wong, I am your host, and for today's guest, we have my very good friend, Vincente Baker. Vincente has worked on shows such as The 100, Riverdale, The Good Doctor, a series of unfortunate events, the TV show, and my personal favorite, The Detour, because that is where I met him. As an assistant director, Vincente is the one that ensures that each day is filmed on time with the required ingredients such as props and hair and makeup and all of the things that come together in order to make a film. On this episode, Vincente is going to talk about his journey through all the different positions and how working in film changed his life and inspired a new ambition, a new dream bringing a film industry back to his hometown of Botswana in Africa. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Vincente. Hi, Vincente. How are you doing? Not bad, Andy. How are you, man? <laughs> Very good. Thanks so much for being here. Uh, yeah, come on. How has everything been with you and what kind of projects have you been working on now that um, you're taking a bit of time off? For the record, I'm not taking time off. <laughs> I I am dealing with time off. There's a there's a huge difference between between taking time off, deliberately taking time off, and and using your time off. I'm effectively using my time off. The last project I worked on was um was about five months ago. This right. is Robin Roberts, Mahalia Jackson, uh, directed by Kenny Leon, um, and and that was you know it was a great experience. It was a great first day experience. Um, I enjoy my job. I continue to want to grow in it as much as possible. And as the years go by, it's only natural that I put myself in a position of more responsibilities and more challenging projects. And that's where I'm heading in that department. How long have you been first ADing uh, for in your career so far? 
Um, I've been fasting now consistently for about three and a half years. Yeah, three and a half years. Wow. And mm-hmm. and uh, how about uh, second aviating? Um, uh, you were mentioning. Yes, the the formidable second AD. <laughs> yeah, you know that position. I throw my head out to everyone who does it and who go through, you know, who goes through it and everybody ought to go through it. Um, I went through mine over a period of three and a half years. Yeah. Close to four years of seconding. What about that job uh, uh, makes you uh, respect the people who, who pursue that? It is the backbone of filmmaking. Um, I mean... <clears throat> the best way to explain film to my my younger self, who had never experienced this before, would have been to say it is one of the most blue-collar industries yet left in the world. Why would you say it's blue-collar? It's one of the few industries left in the world where you can actually enter knowing absolutely nothing about what's happening. Literally not even knowing a thing about how one the scope of the monster, the size of the monster, and the scale of the monster. And yet your, your, your seemingly insignificant role, right there in the periphery, <laughs> happens to contribute to that you know, scale and majesty. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say the second AD position is insignificant per se, though. No, 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 no. But I'm talking about, you know, introduction into film. When you, you know, when you come into film like I did, not having known anything about it, not having, you know, spent time in a film set before, starting off as a PA, uh, not knowing what, you know, not even knowing who actually calls the cut and the roll. (laughs) You see what I mean? I mean, yeah, absolutely. And especially nowadays when it's when it's getting so much busier, they, they really are hiring anyone that doesn't even need experience to, to get that job as a PA. Um, I guess going back into that job description of, of the second AD and the, the AD position in general, though, that's a that's a position that requires you to actually know what's going on in yes. order to, for you to excel in. You cannot <laughs> exist between the cracks in that job. And this is why I call it the backbone. And 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 to tie to what I said about uh, film being the you know blue collar of the world is that the second AD embodies that because the second AD is the one who has to take the 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 mechanics of the beast and bring in the politics of the beast and then cement it with the mortar of administration. You know what I mean? And all of that has to go in concert. To deliver the product, in spite of what happens, that 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 to me is the foundation and the backbone of making that machine work, and it's a tough job. That's exactly. It. I mean, you you are literally in charge of making sure that all the departments, <laughs> all the departments have everything that they need, and in order to do that, you need to know what all the different departments yeah. need and do, yeah, which is which is the biggest challenge of that position. It's, Film is one of those occupations where your participation in its fullest form is going to be realized. <laughs> like there's no way you're going to exist within the cracks. There's no way you're going to come two hours later and expect it not to 
affect everything else that's happening in that day. You know what I mean? So your level of so your level of accountability is very very solid. You know, which which is great. I think it's great for you know the 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 human condition because it it propels you to actually crystallize what it is you're about. It's a great industry to like find your your uh find your, your belief about yeah your purpose your what find your belief about life and and I I think like a big part of why that is is because in film you have to work with so many different things like just the amount of different departments in film shows you that you know you have to know so much there's so much opportunity in this field um so how uh, uh can you talk about like how you um your uh, your i guess your dream project and uh, of uh, of bringing uh, a film industry to Botswana <laughs> yes well here's the thing um, in order to talk about a dream project, I have to talk about the genesis of the dream because it, it, it's only fair to do that. Uh, you know, the, 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 risk of, the risk of sharing dreams, if, you, if, you, if you're not realistic about it, everyone else is going to assume it's attainable, you know, by, by, by a, any means, you know. Um, so... <laughs> I've been in film. I've been working in film now just just about a decade, and it took me it took me three four years of just working nonstop for me to figure out exactly what it is I wanted to do in the industry. Uh, prior to that, I was just purely motivated by economics, okay, um, and 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 basic survival. And it came to that juncture where, you know, the survival phase was already done, which is another factor or worth noting when you're an immigrant, is it's important to recognize when you're done with the survival phase. Because then you can change your mindset to start to, you know, figure out how to thrive. And the thrive question is actually much tougher than surviving because surviving is simple. It just requires you to work from hand to mouth, right? Can you talk about what that mindset shift was when you when you came up with this uh, with this dream when you decided that this is the this is the thing that you wanted to do? Having moved to this country um, eleven years ago, good God, <laughs> it feels like it feels like forever. Um, it feels like forever. The film industry does that to you. Yes, yes, yes. In more ways than one. <laughs> um, uh, I came here with a plan of, um, uh, believe it or not, with a plan of uh, being a forensic biologist and being in the police force. And when that plan didn't work, um, I then considered venturing into law school. And the most logical plan was to get into a job that would allow me the economic freedom to raise my children and still and still pursue school so so yes so out of the three years the goal was to eventually go to law school um and when i was confronted with that decision when the means were available uh, were finally available um uh, i couldn't bring myself to that you know to following through with that commitment 
uh, and I was able to, as a result, find my way within film and find, you know, myself within film, within the beast, as I call it, as large and as huge as it is. And that's when I, that's when I fell in love with uh, storytelling. Would you say you were hooked into into this world, into this like film community, as soon as you started working in that environment, or was there was there still like initially some kind of want to go back into like law and uh, that original dream? My motivations upon starting to work in film were purely economics. I was a single dad with two girls, new to a country had to figure out where, you know, where I was going to live, where we're going to live long-term and how I was going to balance once upon getting that financial freedom to balance work and raising the girls. You know what I mean? So those were my primary motivators. It only became after having been so immersed into film that emerged a community. I mean, for goodness sake, 90% 90% of my social circle is everybody that I've met through film, you know? Yeah. And and you're still close with those people that you, you uh, started out with in the beginning. Of course, too, right? yeah. 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 From there, where, what, what was that mindset shift? Like, when did you, what, what happened where you were like, this is, uh, this is no longer an economic reason. This is a, well, when did that self-actualization happen? Uh, on the fourth year in, then it had become apparent that I could not, I could not do anything else uh, because the lifestyle, in spite of it being so, you know, being such a gauntlet of, of human trials, okay, in endurance, uh, it, I, I realized it actually mapped very well with my personality uh, in terms of endurance. Um, and, I, and, and I also... You know, the more it's like letting go of preconceived notions of who you you know you are based on proven history. Once once that happened, and that happened in you know four years, and once that happened, then I was faced with a platform of infinite possibilities, and that became exciting, and that became the time I learned something about myself, which was to say I actually thrive better when I'm given the odds of possibly underwhelming myself or possibly surprising myself. Just those odds are exciting enough for me to go for it. You see what I mean? Gotcha. Exactly. What, um, was there like a specific event that triggered this? It was around 3.30 in the morning. I couldn't tell you the actual date, but I'm sure if I could look back, I could find it based on hospital hospital records. Um, I was at top the GVRD. Yes, yes, I know. I was at top the GVRD. Um, we were shooting, I believe it was season two or three of the 100. And um, I, at the time I was a third AD. And um, it, it was my job to, um, my mission that morning at 3.30 was to, you know, make sure that the right food went to the right cast. This might sound trivial, but if anyone had been on a 100 set would, would, would know what that would entail when you have 20 cast members who are all yeah. undergoing a three to four hour you know, 
makeup transformation. So, <laughs> oh, no. needless to say, needless to say, I um, I um, I got to to catering. I ordered the food. I ordered my food. Uh, I believe it was a quesadilla or an omelet with with some hot sauce of some sort. Um, I get the food. I munch it down as usual, uh, standing, of course. No other way to eat it as an AD. Um, and I, I started having this palpitation in my heart. All of a sudden, I thought maybe the hot sauce had gone, you know, through the wrong pipes. And effectively, I was having massive inflammation down my throat. But no, it felt like an elephant had sat on my chest. It felt like a heart attack, only to realize it was a panic attack once I got to the hospital and all the, all the excitement was over. Right. So my first right. panic attack that was stress related. Yeah. 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 Especially with all those cast members and, and, and that yes, tight schedule. <clears throat> yes, yeah. sir. Um, I've yeah. had two panic attacks in my entire life and they were all were while I was at work. Um, and they were all stress related. So that, you know, they say if you miss if you miss the calling the first time, hope you get a second time. I got a second time. Deciding to go into this profession when you have a family requires a very, you know, collaborative and very decisive and deliberative measure. And so we all have to tell ourselves deals. We all have to rationalize in our minds by ourselves without our partners, without our employers, just by ourselves to condition ourselves before we venture out there for our day-to-day, -day, you know, daily bread. And for me, that deal was, I will do this so I can get to have time with my children later because there was no way I could see myself just capitalizing on time with my children when I'm barely a year into the country. Can you talk about about the decision to get in the film where you actually have to work 15, 16 hour days yet still needing to take care of your children? Like why film? Well, for me it was different. I got into film because I had three jobs at the time. I was I was I was um I got into film because a friend who is also um is also uh, in the industry uh, after having seen me with three jobs driving to three different municipalities forget i might benefit from perhaps doing the same hours but under one paycheck and with no yeah. food costs you see what i mean <laughs> yeah absolutely the no food costs is a real benefit what made you come up with the idea of starting a film industry in botswana i am what you call a Botswana South African. Uh, my mother is from Botswana. Uh, my father is from South Africa. I was raised between the two borders. So everything that I am and everything that I have acquired, it's as a result of the community of Botswana and the community of South Africa raising me to be who I am now. And I mean that metaphorically and I mean that literally. I mean that uh my my tertiary education was 100% paid by the people of Botswana my high school my entire education was paid by the people of Botswana that principle is based on the notion that if you're given the best chance to succeed 
then the very same community through which you succeed is going to be the primary benefactor. And so this is why Botswana is one of the few countries in the world that actually for the longest of time has been taking the brightest and youngest, irrespective of their economic circumstances, and has sent them abroad for schooling without any obligations, but expecting them to come home so they could build a country. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Now, the story of Botswana, that's a romantic story. And it's a romantic story of true leadership. Um... Most people don't know this, but the country in, 1960, in 1965, before they gained their independence, the longest tarmac road was no more than six kilometers in the entire country. As of now, Botswana is one of the most fastest developing countries in Africa. And part of the reason is because they have some of the lowest corruption levels in Africa. And part of the reason that is so is because of the hybrid of the, you know, business policy. They combine the, you know, our modern business philosophies with the Hota philosophy. So no major decisions are made about the country without facilitating a nationwide campaign to involve all the chiefs. That could take a year to two years. After which you jump into now the creation of um, the creation of a Kotla, which is a customary court, where all the representatives who have been, you know, been forementioned and been, uh, been, been forewarned about the subject come back to the main city and they discuss how they're going to deal with the problem. And so Botswana is at the 
the, the advanced stage of trying to establish that for film and television. And so they're once again trying to find out who's out there who can actually bring in talent because the country is one of the places that it's willing to work with creatives. So when uh, when when this goal does succeed, are you planning to go back and, and stay there? I consider myself a Canadian Motswana. This is my home. I see this as a great opportunity for British Columbian film expertise to be shared in a production where Botswana gets to benefit also from that exposure. Because many a times the country has had multiple opportunities, um, but it never resulted in a mutually beneficial relationship to the effect of increasing increasing capacity. Because remember, we are, I'm not interested in building capacity. Capacity is there. Yeah. I'm interested in growing it. Yeah. You just need to get the education and, and the information out to, to that community. Exactly. We are talking big concept right now. Um, I, am, I, am, I am a first assistant director, first and foremost. And secondly, I'm a storyteller. And the project that I'm firstly trying to work on and trying to shoot this year is my uh, short, short feature film, which I hope to shoot this summer. And that'll be that'll be my you know directorial debut, and I believe it's important to to showcase that first and show everyone what I'm capable of uh, before I can start be, before I can start painting rainbows into the sky. You know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But you you have been in talks with with uh, with the Matswana uh, community. Uh, is that is that right? Yes. And and there's been chatter. <laughs> we call them Botswana. Botswana. Yes. Botswana for the people. No, no worries. So yes, uh, I- initial communications have been established, and I'm working with um, um and I have a producing partner in Botswana, who will be taking care of, who will be taking care of the Botswana production side. Um, this project is based on is based on a, a pilot that I'm developing. And the goal is to involve Botswana writers, is to involve writers from across Africa. So they can work on building, like to create a writer's workshop to actually build the rest of the episodes because it's important that their voices are presented there because our characters go right across Africa. And it's important that they they get that experience um, themselves, and and that that's how you build that's how you build that community. Exactly. How does your experience in the AD world transfer through to um, uh, creating this goal of yours? I do not think that I would have had the the confidence, nor the strategic. Um, perspective that I have have now. Um, every show that I've worked on that was the hardest is the show that I learned the most out of. Um, and when shows were the hardest for me, it, it was simply because I was not adapting quick enough to the pace. You know, um, and that's another thing that 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 being an idea has has amplified in my life, where you you start being acutely aware 
of your Q's and your A's, the things that trigger you, the things that don't trigger you, the conditions under which you can perform miracles, the conditions under which you cannot come perform miracles. And the more you do these things and you're honestly appreciating them, then you get to work with them because the goal is not to change ourselves. That, that, that bus is gone. The trick is just to work with, work with us, you know, just work with ourselves because we are the best we have. And that formula is going to work. And I've been able to find that formula by really just assessing self and seeing who I am and seeing, you know, what, where I come from and all these things. And I take a little bit of everything. This is why my stories will have, you know, uh, 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 African characters that are intertwined with Canadian characters. Uh, Canadian characters that are more connected to Africa than other, you know, characters that are not so connected to Africa. That's when I realized I need, to, therefore, to create something that allows me to tell stories in Canada and in Botswana, between the two continents. And once the project got developed to that point, then I realized actually the magnitude of it warrants me to produce something within scale first, because I'm not going to go bombastic without not even know what the first two step of that you know routine is. And so the short film is to really, really get me involved. This is happening in two phases. In terms of the homecoming, which is the title of the short, it used to be a 12-minute script, but uh, it is evolving to be a little longer because um, I have two storylines existing and I thought I would be smart enough to compress those worlds within 12 minutes. The whole thing about the homecoming, it's meant to be collaborative. Um, it, and it's meant to commemorate grief. Just grief. Because, you know, it's easy to talk about everything else that is COVID and social distance related, but n not not everyone is addressing grief. And once again, um, I apologize to shoving my culture right into your faces, but it happens to be who I am. So in Sitsona culture, it is forbidden to grieve in solitude. It's outright forbidden. And so having to deal with loss when you are in quarantine was an, as an experience for me. And so that then forced me to start dealing with how do other people grieve? And I realized we don't have a system that that is universally acknowledged, even if it's just a Vancouverite thing that just recognizes grief. And notice I'm not even talking about ethnic groups. No, I'm talking about just the the vibe that we are the vibe that we have chosen to create by living here together, whether we like it or not, identifies right. us as a people. So if someone wants to come and witness our culture and go, okay, how do these people acknowledge grief? How do they acknowledge the loss of another human being? Yeah. That person will be shocked. Because there's nothing that ties us to this one event that is so universal 
and so personal. And that's why I wrote the homecoming. The goal for this for this short would be would be to detail that experience of grief. I think uh, I think we should wrap it up. But uh, it's been an excellent conversation. I want to end it off with some uh, rapid fire questions that um, I'm going to ask all the guests. Uh, first of which is, uh, what's the worst advice you were ever given? Um, wait. <laughs> wait. Yeah. Um, what's the best advice you were ever given? My mother just recovered from um, COVID, like three days yeah. ago. Um, and her advice to me was. Uh, was uh, always remember where I come from. And uh, I guess finally, in your opinion, what would a more diverse film industry look like? For me, it doesn't, it's not more about how it looks like than it is about what it says. You see what I'm talking about? Those channels of communications and conversations because Because I grew up in South Africa and you have such a diversity of visual people. And I've seen a situation where you can have a diversity of visual people, but only have one experience. And out of that, you would call these people, oh, the Keptonians. And then you go to another province and you go, yeah. oh, Durbanites are different. Because out of these clusters, they're essentially just saying just one thing or the other. So for me, diversity is where I'm able to know. I'll give you an, an example. Diversity means in, term, in terms of historic biopics. Let's say a, a historic biopic of World War Two, for me, diversity means having that biopic also, you know, while it depicts, say that, no, let's say it's depicting the effect of World War II in Africa. Diversity means showing that in Africa while showing the lower class of people in Europe to really show the effect of war, not the effect of one person because yes that's one thing that's one conversation that's one thing that we've been told we know that picture we know that image yeah but we know that still within this moment that is not going past this second nor that just in this moment there's another human being in another part of the world who's experiencing something else and if you're to that's do also that being affected yes. by this one event in and a different way and if you're to pull back you're going to actually hear a better story because right now our conversations are convoluted by, I'm sorry, I I just have to call them rubbish stories. Yeah. Or, or just stories that we're, we're so familiar with and, and just because they, they keep being, you know, retold. and And for the record, before I get prosecuted on the interweb, when I say rubbish stories, I'm not talking about people's movies. No, I'm talking about, the narratives in which we are having our social discourse. Absolutely. The the, the it's, distractions. It's not the movies are terrible. It, it's the it's, <laughs> you saved yourself. Yeah, it's not the movies are terrible. It's it's the it's the stories we were deciding to tell. And and I I do agree with that. 
at least within the parameters of your story, you get to control the narrative. And if you create a narrative that challenges everybody while exposing everybody's humanity somewhere, then you stand a chance to create a conversation. I don't have answers, brah, as we say in South Africa. I don't have answers, but I would like to have a different conversation. That's the that's the goal for this for this podcast. It's the it's to find ways to have these these different conversations. Finally, though, is there anything that you want to uh, plug and and how can we how can we help you, for example, in creating this short? And how can we help you in in uh, your uh, overall goal of creating a film industry in Botswana? So what I need help with right now is. Um... With, so with the homecoming, um, I'm in the funding stage. So I'm I'm just trying to once I have the money organized because I'm hoping also to get the Vancouver uh, Symphony Orchestra to work with us, um, uh, and I'm hoping to get a poet as well. You know, because for me poetry is 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 like prayer, uh, and if I might even dare say it's better than prayer because it's universal you know um and so and so and, and so so maybe hopefully if anyone who's a, a part of the vancouver symphony orchestra or is a poet uh, is listening to this um feel free to reach out to our yes to our email it, address uh and uh we'll we'll get everyone connected great yeah i mean it, it, it's the only way this works is one site if I'm able to bring the, you know, this collaborative facets all together and I'm convinced there's a way to do it such that the funding will go directly to these organizations in response to the project itself. And uh, I think we'll leave it off with here. Uh, thanks a lot. Uh, For sure, man. It's been, uh, sure. it's been great. Cheers. Take care, guys. See you later. <laughs> Thanks again for joining us today. I really hope you found our conversation interesting and valuable. If you'd like to know more about assistant directing, please reach out to us on Instagram. I'm confident we'll have more conversations about this position because I myself am an assistant director. But if you do find this job really interesting or anything, please give us a shout. And if you haven't already, sign up for our newsletter because uh, Vincente has given us some resources that we'd love to share with you, as well as I personally have some resources as well that I can share with you. So um, sign up for that if you haven't already. Vincente's unique perspective about life and even more specifically about film being a blue-collar job that anyone can partake in is the reason I wanted to have him on this show. I also think that there's a lot of opportunities for BIPOC crew members and, and people in general um, in this industry. His desire to create a film industry within a community is also something I completely relate to as that desire is what drove me to create this podcast and create my own film. If BC could assist Vincente in his dream of bringing a film industry to Botswana, it seems like exactly what BIPOC Credits stands for. Helping to create a more diverse film industry. So I'm really excited. That's all for today. Thank you so much again for listening and I really hope to see you next week. Thanks for listening to BIPOC Credits by Andy Wong. We hope you enjoyed our episode. 
This episode was produced by Nightingale. Our editor is Rihanna Toy. Graphics by Joshua Lamb. Theme music by Peter Robinson. Intro and outro voiceover by Mike Lee. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and Instagram at BIPOC Credits. If you're enjoying what we're doing here, consider supporting us on Patreon and subscribe to our newsletter to get all of the juicy information that we didn't quite get to on this podcast. Thank you once again for listening to BIPOC Credits. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.